Hey everyone, and welcome back to Bottomless Coffee Podcast. I'm Jerome Evans at Jerome T. Evans online. And today we are talking with the best selling author, former stand up comic, but still funny, and co owner of Chicago's Broadway Antique Market, Dwayne Cerny. How are you, Dwayne? I am good, Jerome. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, it's a total pleasure. Um, and I, I think it's fair to say that you can learn a lot about someone or tell a lot about someone based on the books they've written. So I want to get to this best-selling book, Selling Dead People's Things is the title. Um, and I've got some questions about that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the number nine on my phone, then the number one. Uh, and depending on what you tell me about selling dead people's things, I may or may not hit that next one. <laughs> Just tune off completely. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've been forewarned. Right. Tell me about your book. Um, so um, selling dead people's things uh, actually came out. Um, wow. It's going on like four years now. And I, mm. I, I wouldn't be doing wonderful shows like this if it wasn't still selling it's the strangest thing nice. so um i've written a lot of things over the years um had a couple plays produced and short stories published and poems and like no, nothing that really let's be honest hit okay sure <laughs> sure and i'm not talking about really making money either because nobody's making money in most of these things but um but as far as uh, uh popularity hmm. yeah and and i kind of stumbled on it because i um I, I I realized that I never wrote about what I do. And I also realized about myself, I'm not good at just like making stuff up. Okay. <laughs> Characters and storylines and things like that. I'm not good at that. Just not good at that. But I would stumble upon real stories, real situations, and I would make notes. And I, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that um, I, I'm a good storyteller when it's someone else's story. <laughs> okay, sure. And sometimes that person isn't alive anymore. Or, well, let's say they don't have the ability to relate the story. Yeah. Um, um, or it's a story that I was told many years ago, and now I can tell. Fair. Um, which kind of goes into the second book, which is called Vintage Confidential. We could talk about that later. So I'd love to. a bit more of a gossipy thing. Um, I love gossip, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, here's, here's some things. Well, the first book, and if you've seen the covers, they're intriguing. If, 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 if nothing else, and selling mm -hmm. people's things is a very disturbing cover. However, uh, it was uh, I actually licensed the image from uh, a woman who's a seller on Etsy, and oh, okay. um, uh, uh, Beat Up Creations. We'll give her a plug. Beat Up Creations. I mean, and that image, that disturbing image, cover image, was actually <laughs> on a set of dishes. You had a no. Yes. You so you like you eat your food and you uncover this image as you. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and my uh production people editors and all they all were like no 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 they were all giving me different covers and everything looked like a martha stewart cookbook to me oh sure and i'm like oh, sure. this is my first book i you know 63 years old you know i'm hardly an overnight sensation and i said i just want you know what i want what i want and i think that's actually a good way to look at things in life i want it because i want it i want to do it this way because i want to do it this way and we'll just see what happens so um, and so the book is a, 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 a bit of a, a memoir um, and intertwined, <laughs> um, okay. threaded through are other people's stories 
they're all true stories. Um, this particular book has a paranormal bent to it, hence the cover, mm -hmm. and is a way for me to go and tell a couple of really good ghost stories. And again, they're things that I've stumbled upon. So they're not there's a couple of things that are my personal experiences. Um, but then it's set in just the real world of vintage. So it's as one of the reviews that said, it's not a how to. This is not okay. how to. This is not how to how to. Uh, uh, you know, sell on eBay or Etsy or how I made millions selling sad irons on Instagram, as I like to say. Um, yeah. it's, it's not that. I don't. It's not about money. It's not about money. It's about people and things and history. Uh, very much a Chicago book. I'm proud to say the advocate named it um, one of the top 20 LGBTQ um, memoirs of the year, um, next to John Waters. And boy, was I happy about that. But as close as I'm going to get to Chad Waters, <laughs> so it's a very because it is a memoir of you know my uh, years in the in the in the business, kind of stopping about 2000, something like that. So uh, that in a nutshell. Let me ask you, Dwayne. Let me ask you. You mentioned writing in the past and it not being very popular, but you kept writing anyway. So what uh, what was it that made you really want to be a writer? Uh, I I wanted to be a writer when I was a kid. I would write stories. I wrote a novel when I was sixteen that I twisted my father's arm to read, and I think he just thought it was so weird that that I did that. And of course, I typed it. Oh. <laughs> so uh, pretty much first draft, Dad. Here you go. You know, um, awesome. uh, I went to I went to uh, college on a poetry scholarship. Again, I really don't know how that happened. It's just I submitted things and it and it hit. And um, Wendland Brooks awarded it to me. So we're like, wow. And I kind of didn't even, even get that at the time. Like, what a big deal that was. Um, and that was like when I was 21. So, you know, yeah. you, you just keep throwing the uh, literary spaghetti at the wall, right? <laughs> see what, Absolutely. See what sticks. So I, yeah, I always wanted to, but. I'd say making a living and it just kind of got in the way as it, as sure. it often does. And so I was a paralegal for, Oh, eight or 10 years. And then, you know, then you're not writing, you're reviewing, you know, someone's a, a will or a state uh, planning or, uh, uh, I was going to say reviewing someone's briefs. I almost said that. That's not what I was. Doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I wasn't writing what I wanted, really wanted to write because I didn't know what kind of, of a writer I was. Well, okay. So we, uh, you've got the two books. I want to explore Selling Dead People's Things just a little bit more because you mentioned uh, this phrase on your website. Uh, and I quote, I think, the revelation of too many startling stories to tell in a single night of vintage debauchery, which is somewhat poetic in its lyricism and in, in my opinion you. Um, would you be willing to share a story from this first book or oh. even one uh, that didn't make it into the book if that would be better yeah um yeah let's do the let's do the, the, the first book i was thinking you might ask me that and i'm like hmm um <laughs> i'm gonna start with this and say many of my stories if there really exists one has an O. Henry type ending. I love that type of writing. What's so, an O. Henry type ending? Uh, 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 an ironic surprise. Oh, okay. 
that you get there and you went, oh, yeah, well, oh, oh Henry, but um, sorry, I'm making myself laugh here. Um, okay. I, if, if, in fact, there, that, the, there's a, that uh, genesis of the story and I, could, I can find it. Um, and then some stories have like multiple surprises. So I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, uh, there's a character uh, whose name is High Roth. Um, and he was a, an American cartoonist and illustrator. Um, he worked for the very early, he began with Hugh Hefner in the early days of Playboy. Um, very much kind of in a Gahan Wilson kind of way. Um, uh, uh, f- funny, funny guy. And I met him, I was working at an antique store, and uh, I was reading a book called Little People. And it was all about little people, the history of little people. Um, I'm reading the book, and this guy comes in, and he's buying a picture of, I'm saying a politically incorrect, but he was buying a picture, a picture of a midget, a CDV. Okay. Um, and now we don't say that. We say little people. But mm-hmm. And I'm going like, well, wow, what are, what are the odds of that? I'm reading a book about that, and this guy's buying it. And he writes a check, and it's high rock. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course it is. He collects he collects little people pictures. Sure, sure. Wait a minute. I, and as I run and I get the book, he's thrilled that I have the book. I mean, he's yes. met. So right there, that's kind of an you know, Henry. Those we have these moments in our life that come along the way, right? So he signs it and he gives me his phone number and he said we should we should hang out sometime, you know? And oh. he said we could go junkie, right? Okay. Well, of course I'm going to do that. Yes. <laughs> Why would I not do that, right? And uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm 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 a little person. I'm well, I'm five a little person, but I'm five six, okay. and he was about five four, five three, and twenty years older, but full of energy, um, and stories. Oh my gosh! Anyway, so we would go out on these excursions into this is I'm in Chicago, and it would be in in the in the, we'd go to Iowa, we'd drive to Wisconsin, you know, we'd go to Southern Illinois. And then he goes and he says, you know, we've got to go to Tipton, Indiana. Oh. And uh, hi, why do we have to go? Shut up. Shut up and drive. Okay. To- <laughs> you asked too many questions. You know, I need coffee. You know, it would be that. So, and honestly, I don't think he listened to half the things I ever said, which doesn't really matter. Uh, sure. Because he has great stories. Um, uh, example, when he worked for Hugh Hefner, um, Hugh Hefner wanted to pay everybody in stock. Huh. Right? And he was, a, he was, he's a young guy. He's got a wife and a baby. And he goes, I can't pay my mortgage in stock. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Need, I need money. What are, you, what are you talking about? He goes like, this magazine's going to go anywhere. Hello. Stop Hello. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I story, which I'll do a lot, a lot of those. We go to Tipton, Tipton, Indiana, and there is an old hardware store. Tipton, Indiana is basically a stop sign. I mean, oh, that, yeah. I doubt there's too much more in there. So, but it's a big old hardware store, wooden barn-like structure. And he goes, this hardware store is going out of business. And I said, I doubt there's going to be anything here for me to buy. I sell mid-century modern and 50 stuff. And so he goes, no, 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 no. He says, you'll see, you'll see. So we go in the store. It's all new stuff on the first floor. A very nice lady said, mind the cash register. And he goes, we're here for the basement. And we go down to the basement. (laughs) <laughs> the entire basement is tricked out as a uh, old wild west town. What? <laughs> as soon as you get what? Before, you're on like as if <laughs> think of think of any old cowboy movie you want. Um, <laughs> um, oh my gosh! And you're walking on those wooden you know, planks, and then are all the these facades of storefronts. 
So a general store, a bar. In the basement? In the basement. This was 5,000 square feet that was built out like this. Yes. In just the middle of nowhere. Just middle of nowhere. <laughs> For who? What? This was this guy's dream, but actually it was very smart because he knew that people would come from all around with their kids and they'd spend more time upstairs shopping in the hardware store if the kids could play downstairs. Oh. It was still very adult in that. Well, there was nothing sharp in the barber shop, but there was it was a barber shop. There was yeah. a funeral home that had these black uh, curtains that were closed. You couldn't get sure. in there, right? There was a candy store, and there was free candy in the apothecary. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right? gotcha. And it was actually I'm not I'm gonna go like this. There's, there was an intersection of where the streets met. So I I I, I, I try to describe it in the, I describe it better in the, in the book I think, but it was very much like. Disneyland meets the West Village meets a ghost. I love town, that. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> right. so, and I love fake. <laughs> I love yeah. I love facades. I love false. You know, I, I but but I, I love it when I can tell something huh. truthful about it. Right. And so I'm like, this is incredible. And he goes, We're not here for any of this stuff. We're Just here for no. the back. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for the back room. Like, wait, wait, there's more. The right? back room here, of the I basement. Guess, okay. The back room. Yeah. <laughs> There's a back room. Well, going at this, this place has to end somewhere. Seriously. Right? Right? Oh, yeah. Then there was just these black curtains at one side, just a little doorway, right? And I'm going, I, is this where the <laughs> this is where the sheriff comes out? You know, I'm expecting there to be characters or something down here. And he pulls us aside, and it's just dark as can be. Um, and there <laughs> is a collection of sideshow taxidermy animals. Huh. <laughs> which are unbelievable and really well kept and uh wow so two-headed calves six-legged uh, two-bodied double-bodied lambs two-headed turtles uh all kinds of things floating in from jars of formaldehyde um and it would turn out that this old guy um bought, bought all this stuff um out west from like a dime museum okay and they'd have these roadside things in the 50s right and sure. you know, he had said, oh, there's radiation, and then it screwed up the you know, um, reproduction of these animals, and then you end up with these freaky animals. And I always like to say sideshow animals were like really taken care of and fed well because people would say a quarter to see a live animal and a nickel to see a dead one. Oh. So, so people enough. say animal abuse, uh, freak animals got the best of care. However, oh. this is now... 40 years later, and these things are taxidermied and sitting in the basement and tipped in, tipped in Indiana. <laughs> and I bought them all. So oh, I, waiting for you. I'm right there waiting for me. So, and this, this collection changed my life. And I'll go back to this, like another O'Henry thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I get the collection. People could read the book about how I even acquired it. That's a, that's a whole other thing right there. Um, uh, so I acquired the collection and I'm going like, how? What am I going to do with these things? Um, and I decided that on a, uh, on, a, on, a on an Easter Sunday, we set up a dining room set in the in the store with china and silverware and glassware and napkins oh and the gosh. whole thing, and sit right in the middle of it, the double-bodied lamp. On uh, Easter, on double-bodied lamp. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, you know, but I think it's funny. It's like now, you know, you talk to marketing people, and they're all about. People want, if they go to a store, they want an experience. Well, let me tell oh. you, I was good <laughs> many years ago. It's not always good. <laughs> I had 
there were at least three people came in that either passed out or threw up. <gasps> yeah, and this has had a lovely Sunday afternoon, and I've like horrified people, you know. Um, <laughs> my, my business partner says, you know, we're going to get sued. So after the, the first hour, the lambs w- went out. I've never shown them again. I've never, I've, 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 I've let people photograph them for things and art projects and that, but I've never, I've never taken them out again. The next, <laughs> you're going to be sorry you asked this. So, oh, we got to go so on Halloween, they have Halloween, the next Halloween, I thought, you know, got this, these two headed cow, that'd be great. Nobody's going to be passing out or throwing up if I put him yeah. in the Halloween window. So sure. I put it in the Halloween Put it in the Halloween window, and I get all these goofy phone calls from people who are wanting to rent it, and I don't want to rent it. I don't want to sell it. And at the end, and so I was getting very fed up with that. So at the end of the day, the phone rings, and this guy says, "I was having dinner across the street, and I want to rent, and I'm in town working on a project, and I need to. I want to rent your your house." And I said, "They're, they're not. They're, I'm not renting them." And he yeah. goes, "You don't understand. I'm Oliver Stone." Oh. <laughs> You don't understand. <laughs> and I said, I said, sure you are, buddy. <laughs> and I hung up on him. Uh, the next day, <laughs> there is an end to this story. A woman calls me up and said, uh, Oliver Stone called this called, called the, the story yesterday and someone hung up on him. Would, would that be you? Ooh. Yes. Yes. And she says, he's very annoyed. <laughs> but he still wants the cows how much for a week and i rented them and so they they are they're in the 25th anniversary edition of uh natural born killers oh my god and the cameras were put behind their heads in a forest so you could get the cow's perspective of the forest <laughs> hey i didn't write the screenplay right <laughs> Uh, But I took the money, and the thing is, after that, I started propping movies. I did Oprah Winfrey's Brewster Place, which is a zillion years ago. I've probably done 200 films easily with my staff and commercials and on and on and on. It opened up a whole prop business for me. Oh, fascinating. I didn't know you had a prop business. Yeah. So I only knew about uh, Broadway Antique Market, Mm -hmm. which I think... We should explore a little bit after a quick coffee break. (laughs) Be right back. (laughs) Okay, we've reached the cross-promotion part of the episode. As you've heard in this conversation and in some of the others, I've got more than a few thoughts on relationships, like the one with my husband, homeownership, like this squalorous fixer-upper, and adventures like the skydiving video that I posted on YouTube. Now I'm putting all of those thoughts, articles, and videos together at jeromeevans.com. Now that site is not funded through a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health, so there will be fewer reminders on there to get vaccinated for COVID-19, to ventilate your spaces, and mask, but you know, I want you to be healthy, so I might just do that for free anyway. We'll see. And you actually don't have to worry about keeping up with two websites because I'm going to centralize everything at patreon.com slash bottomlesscoffee, a site where you can follow all of the articles, podcasts, and TV show episodes for free. But there will also be exclusive paid subscriber stuff on there so we can keep the lights on around here, okay? Okay, cross-promotion complete. 
Let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to Bottomless Coffee Podcast. I'm here with Dwayne Cerny, who just told us a story from his best-selling book, uh, Selling Dead People's Things. And I think what we're going to do is put a link to the book in the description of the podcast. So you can click on that link and you can get a picture of this cover, which is fantastic, um, and then order a copy if you want. But Dwayne also has another book that I'm not as familiar with called Vintage confidential. So you might be ordering two books. Uh, unsure. Unsure. Can you tell us a little bit about Vintage Confidential? Dwayne? Yeah. Um, so I definitely didn't want to do uh, <laughs> more selling dead things. Selling more. <laughs> a lot of I asked and I thought it's very sweet, really lovely. But it's so not my personality because I kind of get bored with things and I wanted uh, to do something else. But I was like, what? I it should be another book, but I also don't want to disappoint people who really like the first one, um, which, by the way, was made. Um, it hit uh, Amazon's uh, anti-collectible number one. It hit it three times, USA and Canada. Three oh. times. Is so, it like every October? People were just shopping by the No, cover. that actually helped. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, one was from being on a podcast in uh, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it blew up. And another one was... Uh, um, one of the, you know, there's a lot of mid-century modern groups, things like that, on the, on the internet. Yeah. And a group kind of got a hold of it, and there's like 60,000 people in the group. But not they didn't all buy it, but enough of them did, and it ran up the numbers. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, and it's now an audiobook. Yay. Hey. Um, but Vintage Confidential. Oh, so I thought, ooh, you know ooh, what? Ooh. Hold on. Do you or do you read the book yourself? I re yeah, I read the book. Oh, awesome. And, and I thank you. And I found this fantastic actress. They, I, I, people were sending me little clips um i just loved her voice i loved her she got she got me i got her so she reads the blurbs i am very blessed in having some incredible blurbs from okay. amazing people um and so she reads the blurbs so i have to deal with that credit to her credit is we true. actually did a commercial for the next book which is good segue jerome <laughs> vintage confidential <laughs> <laughs> We've, we've rounded the square. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're, you, you take it over from here. <laughs> well, so I thought, well, the people, so it's not a pair, but nope. There's one oddly paranormal story. If you want to, if you want to interpret it that way. So okay. I, cause I gotta give, you gotta give them something because sure. they're really going to be disappointed. Um, uh, but I wanted to do a different book and um, I had, uh, I'm not keeping my little, my little, uh, my little my little notepad here yeah. of the sales that I was in, you know, um, and then uh, experiences. And there were a number of them that were kind of sexy. And, oh. um, yeah, which should be surprising. So, but then I thought, you know, you think about antiques, you don't necessarily immediately go into, like, you know, haunted dolls and all that stuff. I mean, you might. It's related. Sure. It's related. But I'm thinking, you know, you, you, you think about vintage, you think about sexy, Right. You can old timey like May West. Well, oh well. Oh, uh, how about uh, Mad Men? True, right? I mean, you watched it for the clothes and the furniture and the clothes yeah. that came off when they were on the furniture. Great Gatsby vibes. <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So there's this kind of the kind of tie in there, and so I thought, well, maybe that's not so you know, you know far out. So I continue with the 
sort of a kind of the quasi uh, uh, memoir uh, element of it and telling okay. some personal stories of mine. Um, more debaucherous and, personal and my, stories. Yes, my debaucherous <laughs> ways that I felt comfortable with. And some of the people that I've um, uh, uh, been friends with um, and people that I've uh, uh, res- really respected. In, in the last book, there was a story um, called The Death of Jacob Marley. And Jacob Marley was an actual, was, wasn't, you know, we know what Jacob Marley is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in Chicago, it was a, a, a fairly long running uh, antique store. Um, and that the prop- proprietor was, of course, Mr. Marley. But Mr. Marley was never there. Via, it was actually this guy called Tom Nineskis, who never mentioned his name to anybody. Okay. Well, <laughs> he was very generous, right? But he was the great... Barnum. He just presented all this stuff in his store. And I was so intrigued by that. And I, unfortunately, he's no, no longer with us. And, but it was so artful in how he lived um, and presented these objects. And he had all these celebrity uh, uh, clientele. Oh my gosh. Um, it would, the limousines would pull up in front of his place. He had a store next to me. Um, I mention this now <laughs> because in a vintage confidential, um, I write about a friend of mine called whose name is Raymond Hud, and Raymond Hud was a very um, a prominent um, haberdasher, um, and there have been museum shows on his on his hats. Uh, of, um, he, again, he would sell to celebrities. He had a store. If you're familiar with Chicago, but um, on Oak Street which is Oak in Michigan, which is the best address. He had a store when he was like 24 years old. Wow. Making hats. Must right? be some fabulous hats. And he's this little farm boy whose first hats were for donkeys. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> not the heads, not going there, that's not it. But I, I, that's what I found out about. Anyway, yeah, I yeah. meet him when he's well into his 60s mm. and he would buy things from me. That's how I met him. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's... It's, it's Raymond Hutt. <laughs> you know, yeah. really, of course I'm impressed. Um, uh, and we started this friendship and he would say, you know, um, I want to do uh, an Eiffel Tower hat. Um, so I need all these vintage Eiffel Towers, but they have to be early plastic. I don't want metal because the metal is too heavy and I don't want new and I don't want large. La, 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 oh la, 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 Okay. Because right? <laughs> he's an artist and he would make these hats. Raymond Hutt is also famous. <laughs> and so it was great to participate in helping him make a hat. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, I got to, I don't know where that hat went, but, but people should Google Raymond Hutt and he would make these news hats. So before your time, but there was the, the Tylenol killings when someone was tampering. Oh, that's you why we have the little. That's why you have security. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Raymond Hutt at that time, in in conjunction with it, basically, hmm. in a Tylenol hat. <laughs> Unexpected. He, he did an Iran Contra hat. He called these news hats. Okay. And well, where does this? Where does the sexy part happen? <laughs> where, where? Oh, where's the sexy part happen? Well, <laughs> we're in, we're at Tylenol. <laughs> he was very. He was very flirtatious, and oh, it was certainly oh, one of these. If I was a little, because I was younger, if I was younger, if I was older, and he was a little younger, I think 
I, yeah. It was so sparks, there was sparks would have flown. Yeah. And it was kind of like, what are we going to do with this? And he'd be like, you know, I'm just kind of too old. And I just don't agree with him because now I'm pretty much, you know, his age. So, um, uh, yeah, because he was an, old, you know, an older, 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 older gay man. Um, yeah. who, but again, like his, his life is his art. And that's sexy. Agreed. <laughs> right? It's romantic. It's... It's, I'm just very attracted to that. You know, yeah. um, and and I so respect, I mean, again, when someone comes from real, I mean, nothing from this little farm town. And I, I once asked him why he uh, never moved to New York. And he mm. says, oh, I'd, I'd rather be a big fish in a, in a small pond. <laughs> oh, little old Chicago, huh? <laughs> right, right, right. But then again, so the chapter is actually about myself and him terrible on doing it in this order and, and phyllis diller um oh. so <laughs> you buried uh, so, you buried the lead with phyllis diller <laughs> so phyllis, phyllis, phyllis diller makes quite quite the uh the um uh, appearance okay. <laughs> in, in, okay. in the book. So, not, admittedly not the sexiest story but but it's more of a love story in in that we've all had that you know yeah Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, just thinking about gay culture for a little bit, um, that's not that kind of that kind of like respect attraction. It, you mm-hmm. don't really see that in the marketing on Instagram or Snapchat oh. or what have yeah, you. You know, it's not it's, it's not like distinguished gentleman who's really good <laughs> at his job, takes care of his local community, meets slightly younger homosexual and instead of having sex they enter into a mentor mentee relationship that lasts their entire lives roll the credits yeah yeah, yeah. or swipe right right <laughs> uh, um i was in that and i'm not flattering myself on this i'm just going just saying you know i also respect him he didn't hit on me mm. didn't mm-hmm. That wasn't, mm-hmm. yeah, and and he was very flirtatious. I think he was flirtatious with a lot of people, and uh, that was probably. I mean, he was very you 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 couldn't you could not not love him. Yeah. But my point was, I had a story. I had a Raymond Hood story that nobody else had, and just like in the first yes. book, I had a, I had a story that nobody else had, and I wanted to share it. And well, so, thank you for sharing a, yeah. a a smattering, a teaser of that story with us today because now i'm buying two books and i uh hopefully other people will too and then i'm gonna like email you later and be like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of um a lot of what's happened in both of these books uh intersects with your store uh chicago's broadway antique market yes. and uh you know can you describe the market for us because right now it sounds like at some point Next door, there were limousines that would come by, uh, and at some points, people would they would they'd show up, and you'd make friends, and they'd kind of abduct you and take you to Indiana basements. Um, <laughs> sometimes yeah. there might be two-headed lambs and vomit on the floor. So there's a yeah. lot going on in the imagery yeah. that we have so far. <laughs> I've painted a blurry picture. <laughs> Clear it up um, for us. So okay, well, uh, so I'll put, I'll put it this way. So okay. from 1990 to 1998, uh, my partner Jeff Nelson and I owned Wrigleyville Antique Mall, and that's actually where the so that's where a lot of the 
the um, uh, selling dead people's things stories from there, which is by, which is by the ballpark, and the building since been torn down. But uh, in Boys Town, Wham? did you call it Wham? Wham? That was yeah, that, yeah, that was Wham. Yeah, you can see where this is going, Jerome. Very good. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to take it. <laughs> no, no, no. You, that's good. Okay, folks, where's he going with this? <laughs> Attention, Kmart shoppers. Something's coming. So then we opened up Broadway Antique Market, which is up in the Edgewater neighborhood. And we'd also seen a lot of our clientele and younger gay people moving north because it was a little more affordable. Mm-hmm. Again, when people would write checks, I'd look at their addresses. <laughs> and we found this fantastic, this fantastic, uh, 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 Old furniture store it was built in 1939, um, and it was uh, it was built by the Pakins, um, a wealthy uh, Jewish family, and then they sold it to Mr. Oh. Mann. We bought it from Mr. Mann. It's like the Pakins. Um, the Pakins. The Pakins. <laughs> no, they were, but they actually made they made and sold the furniture right there, so they had oh. most of the block. That's cool. But their showrooms were kind of in the middle of the block, and that's the building that we're that we're in, and so. Uh, uh, we opened up that in 1998. <laughs> if I fall over at any moment, you'll know why. <laughs> so, and, and, and until the until COVID, we were open seven days a week since 1990. Oh my gosh! Barring holidays and you know uh, attacks of coma. Sure. Um, uh, uh, so, but home to uh, 75 other dealers. Uh, it's on two floors, um, and these are all professional dealers. Um, one of them is an appraiser on Antique Roadshow. A lot of these are people who do, like, you know, high-end you know, Palm Springs shows, awesome. uh, mid-century modern shows. These are all, all professional people and, and friends. So it's a yeah. real family there. Um, and, and a number of them had actually come up with, with us from the first store, you know. <laughs> from Wham. From, from Wham. So we went from Wham to Bam. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to steal his joke, but I'm hearing it. I think other people are too. (laughs) So when you walk into BAM, what do you see? What do you see? Um, You see, I think really like the the best of what my my dealers uh, and friends can find. And um, so you see, you walk into this Art Deco building and there are showcases, glass showcases, and um, there's things that some people may find to be expensive and then we'll sell, a, you know, a button for a quarter. So, you know, it, it's, I don't like using the word mall because, okay. because malls are just, you know, fizzled. I mean, retail malls, you know, they got, they've got their own problems there. Um but so I call it a market, but that's just me being playing with words. Um, so uh, and then to one side is a fabulous staircase, Art Deco staircase that takes you up to the second floor. Uh, it's leopard carpeting and it's very much um, I want to go back to Mad Men because we were selling this stuff before then. But um, and they've they filmed uh, the TV shows up there. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, commercials it's very uh, it's designed to it, the whole idea that, that, that i had was that when i was a kid you go to the marshall fields here and you could walk through their design rooms yeah right and it was all the furniture they were selling and i love the idea that you could just walk through these vintage like vignettes and rooms uh and my That's partner's awesome. brilliant at, at creating these you know and then somebody buys a sofa and there it goes you know yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Last for ten minutes, it looked good, you know. 
uh, but it's 20,000 square feet. So it's, it's, yeah, wow. it's enormous. Cause um, you had a, you had a full town and about the basement of 5,000 square feet. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you got. That was how big that place is. Think about that. A yeah. Quarter of that size. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, again, I'd love to know what happened to that, but. I have, I have, I have the, I have the animals. So <laughs> I got what I wanted and I left. Oh, I want. <laughs> I but you know, and uh, you said you mentioned how your partner uh, has his beautiful arrangements of furniture and accessories or what have you. And I'm really, uh, I really love the way that you kind of give uh, furniture and other items like a second life. Uh, oh. the way I'm, this is the way I'm thinking about it because you know there's a lot of people with a lot of junk, you know, yeah. and it just goes into goes in the landfill or just sits around in the garage. My neighbor has a garage full of stuff. Um, do you like? Are you involved in like reclaiming the the nice pieces from the garage? Oh. Like you mentioned, I you said hi. He he said we're gonna go junking. You want to yeah. go junking? Yeah. So is that what you call it? Junking? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, people. Yeah, I call it junky. People go. People go. Certainly go thrifting. I don't. Right? I don't. I know hoarders. That is what I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so... <laughs> I knew we had something in common. Right. 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 Well, and on that, let's put this there. So hmm. there are hoarders, and I've been in a number of hoarder houses. I write about hoarder houses. Uh, I love the show Hoarders. I think that's. I'm hoping it's one of the more real reality shows on TV. Sure. I'm just, right. I just I, tell me that it. It's all I really live for. But when you actually go through these places and then write about them, it's different. Mm -hmm. um, so I found that intriguing. Like, again, like something to explore, but getting ahead of myself. There's those kinds of hoarders, like you're saying, maybe one of your garage neighbors, yeah. right? And then there's high-end hoarders. So that's people who still have a problem, but they have money. Yeah. And it's still the problem, though. So um, they get uh, a chance to you know really indulge um, yeah. and it's not always good except they get really great stuff okay i'm gonna i'm going way back and my listeners from atlanta might remember this uh, but this you, you can get your notepad out because you might okay. want to investigate this i'm all ears in atlanta there is a theater called the fox theater and in the fox there is a gentleman who lives there and his name is he they're called they call him the phantom of the fox and he at some point like saved the theater by donating like a million dollars or something and so he got a life lease in the theater and i won tickets through like a radio contest or something to have dinner with at, with the Phantom of the Fox while uh, oh Ben Opera was there, I know. Um, and so you know, we go in and we're we're like just just a couple of dumb gays, you know. We're, we're, we got cocktails before we, we go into this place, <laughs> and it's, he's got like roses and candelabras and everything. And I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and it's gorgeous. And he comes in, and he's, he has to be in his eighties at the time. And this was like ten years ago. And he's stooped over. You know, but we're having conversations and he talks about his warehouse, which is where this high end collecting comes from, I think, uh, because I he had at least one warehouse for his cars. 
And then, <laughs> right? And then other property around the city. And I, I, now that you now that you've like dredged up this memory, it would have just been full of stuff. There's no way he was ever going to use. Um, and so you would be the person to call. <laughs> oh, I think someone's already gotten there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go out on a rusty limb and say <laughs> that sounds interesting. That's the kind of guy though. Yes. Who would and, and I'm sure he has an incredible eye. Yeah. Um, for it's it's not going to be kind of well, yeah, because somebody people can have a lot of money and, and buy junk. That's true. People do it every day, <laughs> but when they have when they have taste and they have an eye, or a, a, and or a, a, a theme or a purpose, yeah, um, you end up with a much better vetted collection. Of, yeah. And suddenly, it's you know, it's not all that it's not all that much junk, you know. Well, you you keep that idea, Phantom <laughs> of the great, Fox. For that's a great story. I am going to check check into that. In case you ever do decide to write a a follow up, because <laughs> yeah. it's certainly on the paranormal side of things. <laughs> that's 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 a character. Uh. <laughs> now, okay, so then do do you do people call you directly? And say, hey, you know, I've got an aunt or an uncle with too much money and too much stuff. Do you want to come and see what you can get? Or do you go to estate sales? Are you browsing the paper? Like, how do you get so, these leads? So first, yes, <laughs> we get lots of phone calls. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we get lots of emails. And that's really, this is an image-based you know, industry. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, what am I looking at? What do you want me? I can't. And honestly, 30 years ago, it was like, I'm not running out to every one of these. I'm glad that I did on a number of them because there's some real surprises that come along. Um, uh, but now I tend to be, uh, we, we either prefer if we go in before uh, there's that, you'll let the, the mobs of the public in or after when they've all left and now it's just, let's figure this out. So it kind of depends when we're brought in and that's up to, you know, the people. Um, uh, so, uh, I think that I mean that's basically how you know how it yeah how it works. Sounds like there's no, there's no one way that no. things get um, to you. You know, and I always I've got you know, whole lots of tips you know for people always like it's you know people don't know how to sell things. Yeah, people do not that's know true. how to sell things. So, <laughs> um, I, I, and I didn't write a book about how to do that. Figure that out. <laughs> that's very important. Um, yes. You know, and I'm gonna, I'm going to start with this one. Just look at the topic for the whole thing. Be nice. Be nice to people. If you got, you need to unload whatever, you know, Aunt Ginny's sewing machine. Be mm -hmm. nice to her. It will help. It will go to the right person. That's and that's true. often how I think of these objects as, um, or and not denigrating at all. But I do like, kind of like the comparison. Is that like you said when you walk when you walk into Bam and what do you see? Yeah, uh, you see all these rescued things, but you know and. An Art Deco cocktail shaker may as well be the most adorable kitten you've ever found on the street. Mm. And you adopt it and you take it home and it's with you, right? Or yeah. the puppy. And it's there to me, there really is this uh, affectionate connection with objects. And I go back to animals in, in that, you know, you're adopting this thing. You're bringing it in, into your life, you know. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm actually very sincere about that. And, yeah. uh, and, I, and I, I think that makes a difference. Because it's just, I'm just not, 
know, I mean, yeah, I'll sell you an ice bucket. <laughs> but you know, if, there's, if I know where that ice bucket came from or know mm-hmm. something about it that's interesting, I will let you know as I put it in the bag. Um, and yeah. my people will too. And they're just very generous with a small G. It's like it's what, the, sure. it's what we should do as we move these things along, you know. And I also really want to give out a shout out because, and I am shocked. First one to say it, young people get it. Young people are like, I'm not buying new stuff that goes into the, into the landfills. Yeah. You know, um, older people, people my age, uh, going like, eh, where's the dumpster that they can just put it in? They're not necessarily thinking about recycling. And it's not that they're stupid. It might be just that they're lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but young people get it. And I'm, I'm thrilled because that, that's what's given, I think, this industry like it's, it's, it's third bump. <laughs> uh, into into being accepted as you know you know I mean it's a billion dollar industry just think, yeah. think about all the TV shows that are out there and um, so but, I mean even when I was you know reading up on you I was like oh yeah I know people who are gonna love this like people who want to go thrifting on Saturdays um, people who like refuse to buy new in our neighborhood we have a Facebook group that's like buy nothing this neighborhood buy nothing group and we just like exchange things amongst each other yeah so i totally totally follow i devote one more question before we go to break it could be long could be short i don't know um you mentioned uh being able to identify when something is uh worth it let's say worth it um but you went to school for poetry (laughs) so Was it hard knocks that taught you how to identify things? Is there like a catalog that you look through? Like, where, how do you, how can you identify on site whether or not something is yeah, uh, worthy of making it? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And it's, it's a question that I think has evolved in that. Mm. I mean, years ago, people had books and price guides before, before the internet. We don't use okay, that expression. Seven, get ready, everybody. Get ready, everybody. Get on. I, I remember when it wasn't even a screen. Um, I'm not kidding. Uh, so you you looked up things in books. You talked to other people, right? And it goes, people have this can be a, a real wealth of information. But there wasn't, you didn't have a computer in your pocket to go take in a picture of it, match the image, and, you know, and do a, you know, do a search of closed auctions, which is what I tell people to do, and then see what things actually sold for. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's uh, that 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 space of time and technology has just changed, right? So I knew a little bit. I mean, I knew a little bit about a lot of stuff and sure. a whole lot of nothing. So, which was maybe a good way to start. Um, and you know, I mean, crazy, but you know, I had my little stint at, at, at Second City. It was a great way to learn how to sell things. Um, it's because okay. it's a better communicator. And uh, and I come up, I was incredibly shy. I, mean, I am not kidding you. There's a story in, the, in Vintage Confidential about sitting around the, the, the family dinner table at hmm. six o'clock and the, the, the wall-mounted black rotary phone starts to ring. <laughs> and none of us would answer it. Because no one wanted to... Who would talk? Why would anyone be calling us? <laughs> oh no! It must be a wrong number. <laughs> and we would argue who's going to answer the phone. I mean, that's that's how my mother eventually would, but but <laughs> my sister wow. and I—that's how shy we were. I'm not 
exaggerating. That ha- would happen all the time. And I was always thinking, I, think, I wonder who's calling. And just, <laughs> um, so to get to this point where I think I'm just comfortable with myself and what I sell and what I do and who I represent and the, the, you know, the objects that we move along to the next owner, because we're just the, we're just, we're the temporaries here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the objects are much more permanent. Um, so uh, I think it's I've quite forgotten. a journey. Yeah. That's if that's, the, <laughs> and now I've forgotten what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You nailed that. Okay. <laughs> I was I was saying with young people. Keep keep <laughs> come on, Someone. kids. Let's go through. Right. Bam. <laughs> um, we're gonna take a quick coffee break. We're gonna collect our thoughts, get any refills if necessary. Refills, refills if necessary, and be right back. It was noisy here. They're doing tuck pointing. I think they're done. If What's there was... tuck pointing? Oh, it's the they do an exterior work to the outside of a building. Oh, like, okay. Like the, like the brick. I work. thought. It, I thought. I was like, maybe he's near the river. Maybe it's a tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drag queen expression. It go- <laughs> <laughs> oh. But boom, that was story. good. That was good. <laughs> That's why I'll only do one show a day. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Dwayne Turney. He's giving me all of the good stories and good jokes uh, over our coffee break. And so I was like, oh, we got to get back. We got to get back and save, save some for the audience. Babe. <laughs> As we come kind of to a close, uh, I do like to ask, uh, what's one thing that you want people to take away from our conversation? Uh, that they can take back in their lives or one thing you want to share with everybody. The floor is yours. I think this is a wonderful platform in that when I can meet someone, you know, such as, such as yourself um, and everybody has this opportunity to do this every day, everywhere, really, when you think about it. Um, Talking to somebody who's not being, starting up a conversation with someone who's on the bus Sure. Right. Or you're waiting in line at the bank. Uh, and it's really about experiencing people, which we don't do enough of. We didn't do enough of it pre-pandemic. And the pandemic has really separated us now. Like, oh, my God, you don't want to get too close to anybody. But the thing is, there's people are such treasures. That's what yes. life is about. And you want to experience. And I'm someone who sells treasures and affordable treasures, hopefully for the most part. Um, but but. It's but it's so it really comes down to it's it's really maybe a bit corny. I write about it in the book, but it's um, you know treasuring one another, and it's treasuring mm-hmm. a stranger because meeting new people it just it opens up so many things. They could tell you about a movie they just saw, or they tell you a story that's something weird that happened to them yesterday, and whatever. Mm-hmm. It makes your life more interesting to you. Agreed. Agreed. Couldn't honestly could not agree more. I um so I'm in Min- Minnesota now, and it's a very cold place. And we the Midwesterners here are kind of known for being clicky, and I don't think that's an accurate description. I think they just wait for you to talk to them first, um, because exactly. you know, at this point, now that I'm like a professional conversationalist, 
you know, I, I do feel like, okay, it's probably my job to initiate the conversation with people. If I, you know, if we're in an elevator or if we're, you know, all in the parking lot at the same time or whatever, like what, what do I have to fear about talking to someone and having a conversation? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, you know, I, I was at the gym before this talking with some new people with my trainer, uh, and it's not always marketing. It's not always telling them about the podcast, but today it was, it was successful. Uh, I met a, met a new mom. I met a grad school student who doesn't think it's right that she uh, has to have this unpaid internship as a grad school student to succeed in her field. And I, I was learning a lot while lifting weights <laughs> and just letting people express themselves and giving them that platform even just amongst like the gym mats to share what's going on in their lives. 100% people are a treasure. And, and, and that's, yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you've demonstrated in multitudes by your, this morning. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's no big idea. It's just there. And yes. like the worst thing that can happen is somebody just ignores you. It's, yes. it's fine. <laughs> but you know, you always look for the time when it's just natural. Yeah. It comes to that. I'll do a very quick story as to kind of relates rights to this. Of years ago, on, on the you know CTA bus, pack bus, uh, going downtown to go to work, it's paralegal. And this this guy, old guy in this rumpled suit, plops down <laughs> next to me, right, and just I can't I can't do it, and starts talking about all this. You know, you know, I remember when there the, this this used to be the the, yeah. the trolley and not the bus. And I'm like, okay, of course, this one's going to sit next to me, right? But he goes along, and I'm going, you know, his voice sounds really familiar. Why does his voice sound And his stories were pretty pretty darn interesting, right? And it wasn't until about a day later, um, I realized that that had been Studs Terkel. And Studs Terkel is a, who are listening here again, you know, a huge persona in American literature. Um Talk about working, mm. and I mean somebody who's just—he's—he's uh, he's the Upton Sinclair of the 20th century. Oh, yeah. I would say, you know. And here I'm thinking, here's this just you know this old kind of rumpled suit. Um, uh, huh. And that was it. Oh my gosh! What I mean, I totally missed that opportunity because I didn't really say much. I just listened. Sure. Again, you learn a lot from listening, and I can bring them back here and tell you that is like a best example of just. Because Every, everybody in that in that way, everybody's a star, you know. Yeah. All these everybody everybody is at least they are in your mind. That's agreed. Kind of sweet. Uh, amazing, Duane. Going from the person at the dinner table who is afraid to pick <laughs> up the phone to the person who will get in the car with a celebrity and drive to the middle of nowhere and buy those taxidermy animals to now here. Oh, whoa, oh. Let me not skip over best-selling author of one book, possibly another one coming up. Uh, you never know what'll what'll happen. And then coming here and letting us know, sharing us about the treasures uh, that other people are. Brilliant conversation, oh, Duane. And meeting you, Jerome. That's that's t that's today's treasure that we are <laughs> And the Phantom of the Fox. I oh. made him write it down, everybody. I yeah, made him yeah. write it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh everyone thank you so much for tuning in 
I do want you to learn more about Dwayne's book, Selling Dead People's Things. You can go to sellingdeadpeople'sthings.com. And I want you to learn more about BAM, Broadway Antique Market, at bamchicago.com. But Dwayne, are there any other links that people need to be aware of? Always things going on. Um, Last week, I launched a YouTube channel. (gasps) So it's just Dwayne Scott Cerny, exactly as you see there, just after the words YouTube. And um, I do these little clips about objects and history and things like it's just that we're talking about. Um, That's also on uh, Instagram uh, and, um, uh, well, TikToks. I've been doing TikToks, which are crazy as shit. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't figured out TikToks yet, so I'm going to need to get some tips from you. I haven't figured out expletives, apparently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But those are are great fun. And... um, uh, yeah, you get you'll kind of get a feel for for the you know the books as well. So oh, wonderful! I'm excited yeah. to follow you on YouTube in particular because we actually do have a TV show uh, that evolved from this podcast, Bottomless Coffee with Jerome. Uh, and so we could be we could oh, be YouTube friends. Well, there we go. Yeah, just, there you go. It was meant to be. And we're right in Minneapolis, so if you ever make it up here, just let me know. You can be on. <laughs> Finally, an invitation. There you go. You know. <laughs> I worked for that You gotta admit. <laughs> Don't tell Very me. Very well done. Okay. Very well done. <laughs> we bring pack up the U-Haul. Come on up to Minneapolis. Come on down. We'll check out some stuff. Thank you so much for spending the time. I'm gonna buy some books right Yay. after this conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Dwayne. Thank you. And thanks everybody. Bye-bye. See you next time.